0: Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family friendly business. Today, I am your co host, Olivia Radcliffe. And I'm your other co host, Michelle Pomvert. And today, we're kind of talking a little bit about a taboo topic that um, doesn't seem to be uh, very widely publicized amongst entrepreneurs and that is how to take a break. It's how to (laughs) embrace your natural rhythms with your energy when you are tired, how to know what to do, and more importantly, how to take a break or prioritize that pause when you're in a cycle, when you you just can't, when you just don't have time to do it, what do you do? So, Michelle, I'm gonna jump over to you. What do you do? Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, this is coming from a very real, as I'm sure you can probably guess of the two of us having little kids and I don't know about yours but mine has never been a good sleeper <laughs> like from day one he has just not been talented at sleeping and we're going through sort of phase of, of rough sleep again and I'm finding my body just so tired you know I I never was sort of lucky enough to get the skill of napping and there's been a real <laughs> there's been a real kind of fog of sleepiness of tiredness of of energy dipping that's been sort of hanging in my life for the last little bit and i've noticed a lot of other people going through it too i think this year in particular with you know coming back to life after the pandemic our immune systems are lower we're hitting into you know a cold and flu season we've got winter in at least the northern hemisphere and you know, I think people with children are also having those kids getting used to being back at school and going through all of this at school. And I don't know, I think it's just, I keep hearing it in all those circles, you know, I'm just so tired, I'm so run down. And I I don't think I can profess to have any foolproof solutions. But I think it is a really valid conversation, because it is a true experience that I think a lot of people are going through. So on my end, so I am not a napper (laughs) I really wish I was and I can't just get more sleep like I cannot make my little guy sleep any better than he already is so the way I'm trying to approach this season of kind of fatigue is to give myself sort of compassionate space to feel tired and I think this is kind of like when you have a bad day sometimes you can brush it off and sometimes you just need to wallow in the bad day for a little bit Mm -hmm. to move past the bad day and I think in this season of fatigue sometimes just feeling the tired leaning into the tired can be the only way through the tired to get to the other side so for me in a practical sense that's meant you know taking a lot of the hard mental work off of the plate for the moment as much as I can to if I have energy to do work to pick really light lifting things that I find easy I can do that's a bit mindless (laughs) for me that's always graphic design stuff I find that really easy and therapeutic to do but answering emails is like the most taxing thing Mm -hmm. for my brain so when I'm in a season of fatigue the emails kind of just pile up and I'll get to them when I get to them (laughs) just answer the like urgent ones when I have time um but I know that, you know, the other piece of that puzzle is leaning into the fatigue and then trying to find a way out of it. And that's sort of the, I think, the next piece. But before I talk about that, I'd love to hear sort of your experience with fatigue and how you're dealing with it. And then we can kind of keep touching back on uh, the strategies as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, first off, I'm so sorry. You're so tired. I <laughs> get it. This too will pass, right? <laughs> will pass, yes. Um, but no, I think there's different layers to fatigue, right? There's Mm -hmm. obviously the whole, I have a baby or I have a toddler, or I'm just not sleeping well because of other things going on in my own body sort of thing. The lack of sleep tired. And then on top of that, there can be that just mental bandwidth exhaustion of always go, 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 going and Mm -hmm not getting that moment to take a break for our bodies or our minds, our mental health. And when you combine those two, <laughs> lack of sleep plus just sheer overwhelm exhaustion, it can mm. be um, I mean, it can be like running into a brick wall, right? And you're just sitting yeah. there pushing against the brick wall, trying to get something to happen because you can't necessarily just stop <laughs> and not do anything, especially if you're, you know, a mom, a parent, a business owner, you know, work or anything you're doing in your life. You can't (laughs) most of the time you can't just stop and say, all right, I'm gonna drop it all for right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I I kind of think that we're in a bit of an epidemic of busyness where Mm. busy, quote unquote, is not only the norm that it's kind of almost worn as a badge of honor, so to speak. Oh yeah. That if you're not overwhelmed and stressed (laughs) and you're not juggling, you know, a million and a half things, then you're not doing enough. Like, Mm. and this is going to be a very controversial statement. I might make some (laughs) that. but I think the biggest irony of all with all of this is that we're maybe not even all that busy. And maybe it's not the sheer number of tasks we have to do that a lot of it comes down to how we are feeling about the task and how we're positioning mm. ourselves to do the task not saying that we don't have a lot to do let's i mean let's get real if you look at my to-do list i think it's like three pages long today but <laughs> there i think there's a mental space in how we look at what we're doing and in being able to appreciate the moment and um not continually looking at what's next on my list what do I have to do next being able to mm. stop in the and celebrate any any accomplishments we've had <laughs> even if it's as small as I got up and brushed my teeth this morning that's an accomplishment some days
1: oh yeah yeah I think that's an interesting perspective because like I think there is a lot of genuine busyness and maybe in the like stereotypical version of running around doing a lot of things they may not add up to something huge they may not seem like they're really chipping away at the big picture but there's a lot of activity Mm -hmm. um but I think like you were saying it's it's really true when we feel anxious when we feel resistant to the thing we're doing it's inevitably going to be harder to do and I'm not saying just like Pollyanna it and have a good attitude and do things just you know in the right way because you know genuinely we aren't all built the same we can't all do the same tasks with the same energy excitement enthusiasm and maybe from one day to the next we can't do the same things in the same way but i think there is that sort of mental health piece of the puzzle of when you're feeling tired overstretched over committed everything feels heavier and everything feels harder so If your 100 item to-do list feels okay on a good day, it's going to feel really, really heavy on a rough day. And then if on top of that, the things on the list aren't the things that you find easy to do, aren't the things that are like an easy mental lift, it's just going to get heavier and heavier. And I think there is something really valuable to what you were saying around, you know, making sure you take time to acknowledge the doing hard things in a hard moment and celebrating it. And then maybe pairing that with like, trying to set yourself up to win, like try and do the things that come easier first and get the momentum of celebrating like, okay, well, I did that. I checked those three things, brush my teeth, brush my hair, lots of brushing, Um, you know, tick, tick those off first. And that's sort of building the momentum of like, okay, I'm in action, I'm doing, I'm moving and saving sort of the energy momentum for the harder stuff, the stuff that's more challenging for your brain until a little bit later when you have kind of kicked your brain into gear again
0: yeah absolutely I um so when I first had my son um I've told this story before but we it was (laughs) in the beginning of the pandemic I had him we came home and within two weeks we were put on lockdown and so it was me and my baby (laughs) That, that, that was it and um You know, I had a lot of postpartum fog going on, a lot of, you know, Mm. a lot of stuff going on there. And I would actually get really, really angry when people would tell me, you need to sleep when the baby
1: sleeps. That isn't possible for everybody.
0: (laughs) And I remember sitting there saying, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, sure. I would love to sleep when the baby sleeps. I'm so tired. I'm to the point of tears, like Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. But that is when I get to sterilize the bottles and I get to pump and I, you know, all these other things, feed myself, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things that absolutely still had to get done. And by having people tell me, you just need to take a break. You just need to sleep. You just need to do this. It's like, well, okay, how do I do the rest of this stuff then too? It Mm -hmm. actually was very, very triggering for me. And I do find that a lot of times with people who are like, well just take a break. Just stop for a moment. Yeah, just stop. I yeah. Like <laughs> then stuff doesn't get done. You know,
1: dinner doesn't get put mm-hmm. on the table for my son. And you know yeah. uh, People rely on you, particularly as a caregiver and, and as a business owner. Like there are other people depending on you. And I think I think it's really valid. Like there are times when you can't just take a nap. You can't just stop. But you could slow down. You could reprioritize what needs to get done like when we were in the newborn days I may not have showered for a couple days because it wasn't the highest priority thing and that's where I think you know if you are in that sort of space where fully stopping isn't in the cards is there a way to take more care of yourself going through the things you still have to do um something I've been kind of noticing in myself of late I love podcasts like very fitting that we have our own and I in sort of off time I love listening to business podcasts I love listening to courses on private podcast feeds and normally that just keeps my brain ticking along and feeling active when I'm doing sort of boring mundane tasks Mm -hmm. but when I'm in this season of fog even just that mental activity of trying to think about work stuff, trying to absorb, you know, educational information is too much and it's not giving me pause. So I'm, I'm now going through a season of re-listening to some really, you know, light entertainment podcasts in place of those, you know, educational business ones. So it's just noise essentially, but it's more easy for my brain to tune out. And it's not taxing those times the way I normally would. But I still get to scratch the itch of like, I like having to listen to things. Yeah. Um, and that's been a nice shift because I found sort of slipping into this anxiety of I don't know what I've listened to. I can't remember anything. I'm feeling like I'm forgetting. I'm feeling like I'm missing. And that sort of feeling of lack, even in my downtime, was was really draining. So just that kind of shift of, OK, I don't need to listen to all these podcasts now. I don't need to absorb this education right now this second let's put that off and fill this with something that's more regenerative to energy and mental space. I mean I love that you brought that up. I love that so much. <laughs> and I'm very much
0: the same way it's okay, one of my guilty pleasures, don't judge me on this. Okay, but one of my guilty <laughs> pleasures is I like Doom scrolling through TikTok. Like I do oh. I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> and um but I have apparently paid enough attention to business things on TikTok mm-hmm. that the algorithm now says that whenever I get on TikTok, it's showing me stuff about work and business yeah. and marketing and stuff. And I'm like, where did my just really stupid mindless videos go? Like, I just yeah. want to see someone trying to jump off a building and, and, you know, into a pool of water underneath. Like, I don't want to <laughs> learn about how to market my new course. Like, mm-hmm. I just want that mindless, like just be able to zone out sort of thing. And yeah, same thing with my Facebook feed and other in mm-hmm. Instagram, everything has turned into business networking, which is yeah. great. And I love seeing everybody's stories and, you know, celebrating their wins, but there's sometimes I want to get on and I want to see a picture of someone's baby. Like, I don't want to hear about <laughs> your business right now because it's yeah. about my business and mm-hmm. all that I need to do. And
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's that sort of mode switching that's harder and harder with, you know, us as business owners running business publicly, you know, on social media, having those pieces of our business life so easily accessible in our day to day lives. I think it is really hard to switch it off. And I think it does kind of add to that general feeling of fatigue that even when you're not at your computer actively working, your brain is still kind of ticking on business stuff Mm -hmm. and it it does sort of mean that your mental energy is probably twice as much as your actual desk time and that's you know that's not really a sustainable amount if we think back to desk times the you know 20 years ago when we had traditional jobs and you clocked out most people could leave the work at home and as modern business owners with our businesses on the internet we don't have that natural separation between work and home and life. And I think particularly when you're run down, particularly when you're feeling a bit vulnerable, a bit sensitive, a bit tired, that line can get really blurry really quickly, even if you're good at holding that boundary. And I think that's where bringing your own kind of reinforcements to make space for yourself, your brain, giving yourself that like white space, mentally as much as it's in your calendar as well you know being cautious of those things that seep in social media podcasts what you're reading you know the things you consume more casually I think those are kind of I don't know stresses that you don't expect to have but can actually add up to be quite a lot too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the other things that I think I've really appreciated is using the technology we have at our fingertips to help me hold my own boundaries a bit better. So I'm not like a particularly techy person and that's surprising being a web designer. Like I'm usually the last person in my household to figure out tech and I have a four-year-old, but I've recently been really loving putting on the sleep timer on my phone. So that after a certain time of day, I don't see the messages flash up. I don't see notifications. I've silenced a lot of notifications from those social media apps. So it's only when I actively click into them that I'm seeing what's going on. And that's been a really nice way to just separate out, stop those, you know, the things that pull your attention actively versus me making the decision to actually look at that. And that's been really helping. I'm a very anxious person by nature. And I found those sort of small signals really hard to ignore. So rather than trying to teach myself when I'm in this sort of tired, vulnerable place, how to have better boundaries, I feel like there's other ways to kind of gain the system. <laughs> so that you just don't have those notifications, you don't have those triggers, those stimuli that cause the anxiety in the first place, rather than trying to do the hard, heavy work of holding the boundary yourself. So I'm looking into more and more of those ways I can set my tools, my systems, my life interface to not trigger me so much on those things that I find kind of anxiety producing or that pull me back into work when I'm not meant to be in work mode. Um, I don't know if you have you played with the sleep apps or any of the stuff where you kind of silence notifications or anything?
0: Yeah, I, um, I I have actually, I have played around with that stuff. I went I I hold back from this is my own anxiety. I don't (laughs) want to put my phone completely on do not disturb. I very rarely Mm -hmm. do that. Because I get scared of well, what if people can't get a hold of me? They really need to. Yeah. Um, I know there's ways around that. Like, I, I know they have fail safes in the system for that, but that's my own anxiety. I can't. Do. <laughs> so, I've had to come up with other creative ways of, like you said, turning off notifications um, mm. for social media apps and things like that, moving them away from the first screen on my phone. Like yes. hiding them, so I don't just auto, you know, instinctively turn the phone on, click it. Like mm-hmm. that became such a habit for a while, where it was just phones on. Oh, click social media. Wait, what am I doing? Um, yeah, doing things like that, and then adding in other little conscious things throughout my day that are making me pause and focus on kind of the good habits of mm-hmm. just taking a break, taking a moment to readjust in, in myself and. That can look like um, I have a yoga mat that's literally right beside my bed so oh. that I wake up in the morning, I put my feet on the floor and I'm on a yoga mat. flop
1: into yoga I mat. I flop into my <laughs> yoga mat.
0: And that's like, was my little push of, I, I always try to do a, just a bit of a yoga practice in the morning. It can be just a couple of minutes. Oftentimes I have a small child underneath me making a house out of my down dog. So... Um, <laughs> But I had found myself resisting doing that practice because it was so hard just to get the yoga mat out. It was so, mm-hmm. it was such that a hard extra step. So that's why I decided, all right, yoga mat, you're going to live right here so that I don't have that excuse for myself. Yeah. And I found that by doing that intentional pause in the morning that stop and collect my own thoughts, tap in with my intuition, breathe a bit, move my body, before I jump into the day of, you know, emails and messages and everything, notifications that it really, really helps. And Mm. I've been very mindful of trying to build those pauses in my day, Um, you know, kind of being very strategic about what I do with
1: that. Yeah, I think there is something really powerful to that, removing the resistance and kind of not giving yourself no excuses, but you know, making it almost harder to avoid doing the thing that you want to do, but it's hard to kind of motivate yourself to doing. I absolutely love going on my little exercise bike. I have a sort of stable table to put my laptop on. And before little one before pregnancy, I was like obsessed with working with my like legs very slowly mm-hmm. pedaling away, and it really helped me wake up and feel focused and I got to like move my body while working and I've really fallen out of the habit and since I've kind of feeling this fog feeling this tired exercise is like the last thing on my mind mm. and something my husband's actually kind of tricked me into doing is instead of putting my laptop on my, my desk in the sort of end of the day I now have to put it on my computer stand on my desk Sort of table thing for my bike to charge it. So I have it already set up by the time I come into my office to do something. So it's more work to unplug it and set it up on my desk than just, (laughs) okay, I'll just go on my bike because my computer's already there. (laughs) And it's so silly, but those just like little ways to kind of nudge yourself in the right direction. It's not impossible. Like I could unplug my computer and put it on my desk, but it's sort of setting up the behavior you're hoping to instill in yourself Mm -hmm. by kind of putting the visual reminders giving yourself the physical cues I think that really helps and there's tons of ways we do that I know you know personally I have a memory like a sieve and if I don't see something it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. object permanence is rough Mm -hmm. and (laughs) keeping tabs on like medication and you know things that we need to do on a regular basis is something that I found really really challenging particularly When I move, you know, move a house or, you know, move my ritual, my rhythm around during the day and of, you know, the last several years, I now have a visual little stand where I cannot ignore it, like right where I put my coffee machine, because I won't forget coffee, all the medications laid out. So I'm like, okay, I can't forget it. Can't forget to give the cat the medicine and everything because it's near my coffee. And that's the thing I've ingrained already. So building off the habit I already have, which is I'm sleepy, have coffee, I'm also building in the visual cue of like, okay, the other thing I have to do every morning is give the cat the medicine. And I haven't forgotten it in like years because I've built in that sort of fail safe of adding to the habits we're already doing to add the things we naturally forget or the things we're slightly more resistant to. I know the Atomic Habits book talks a bit about that. So if that's something curious about, I think they do a really good job of explaining it. But I think we can gamify our own behaviors more than maybe we realize by just building on what's already working.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's my, the daily vitamins and everything are in with the water glasses. So that yeah. when I go to get a drink of water, oh, Hey, yeah, I got to take my vitamin, Um, you know, things like that. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before in another episode, but I, I think, The whole, the whole um, goal of achieving a work-life balance, so to Mm. speak, I think that can kind of get a little bit taken out of perspective a bit, because I think the, the thought of a work-life balance kind of implies that, at least in my mind, that at the (laughs) end of the day, you can take your work hat off and put your life hat on and that it's that clean of a transition and there's your work self and then there's your home self. And there are two different people with different sets of emotions and problems and things and that you can just turn them both off whenever you need to. And I've found that as a solopreneur, that's not, it's not necessarily something that's possible. You know, I, mm. I fully agree with having boundaries and strive to do so on a daily basis. <laughs> Sometimes I have to strive a little bit harder than others, but, um, and I, I definitely think you should have your different focuses, different perspectives, but we are who we are, regardless yeah. of we're working or we're at home, you know, who we are, how we think our strengths our weaknesses, our needs, our desires. Like that person doesn't change whether we're sitting at a desk answering our emails or we're playing with our kids. So I think the whole concept of balance would come a lot easier if we could embrace that that fact right there, that we are who we are. Mm-hmm. And really, as, as you start off saying, showing ourselves some compassionate space for what we yeah. as individuals and um, kind of having that thread Flow throughout our day instead of trying to make it so much a here's my work life here's my home life and boom there's the difference.
1: Mm. I think that's it's also kind of an impossible situation if you really were trying to create that hard boundary because you have a bad night and you bring that into work you have you know a rough work day you kind of want to talk about it when you get home or you're tired and feeling raw like there is no human I've met who can make such a quick pivot in their personality and their behaviors, even if you get to go to an office for work, even if you have a traditional job. So I think there's it's in my mind, the balance piece is more as much as possible showing up fully in both your life and your work. And when life needs you, you can try and, you know, really be present and fully engaged and aware and available for that and then when work needs you can do the same and i think it's it's natural it's human to need time to transition like mode switching is a real thing it takes mental bandwidth and energy to go from one task to another and then particularly if we're changing from the type of task like mm-hmm. when you're in work brain and you're doing something that's very intellectual and then you need to go change a nappy, or like deal with toddler stuff, you're using a completely different part of your brain, tapping into completely different sort of patterns and rituals and rhythms in your body and in your brain. It's, it's kind of impossible to just forget the work thing and completely abandon that tie. As someone with a horrible short term memory, even I have a really hard time just like switching it off and then leaving it. So something I've found, I have a lot of fail-safes for my memory not being the best. And a lot of that comes to, you know, putting a pin in something I need to come back to and creating systems for my own self, particularly when I'm run down to catch what I want to come back to so that I can fully be present in other parts. So, you know, if little guy's having a nightmare when I'm on a Zoom interview with someone, I will happily tell the person I'm being you know, interviewed by or having a talk with, I need to take a pause. Can we put a pin in it? We're talking about this and I'll say it out loud. And that often helps me when I come back from dealing with nightmaring toddler to remember where we're up to. And I can kind of pick that back up without feeling like I've sort of derailed everything without feeling like it's all fallen apart. And that practice of Like giving myself the cue. It's a bit like that old-fashioned thing where you tie a thing around your finger to remember. Like I've got something I have to come back to, and it's not fully parked away. It's not like the nine to five, okay, I'll just leave that and come back to my desk tomorrow. It's still letting you dip your toe into the other world enough so that you can come back to it and complete the task and complete that sort of cycle. Because leaving things open in either life and or business is is really hard. You know, we talk a lot you and I about open tabs. They take a lot more energy than when you can close and complete a task. And I think, especially when you are run down, having millions of open tabs in life and in work is really hard. So I do find, personally, one of the more restorative things I can do is give myself, you know, the priority of which tabs need dealing with, and then close them and give myself the mental space of like that is done maybe it will come back again and future Michelle can deal with it Mm -hmm. but for now that tab is closed and I think when we're talking about life-work balance I think it is that sense of balancing which tabs you're working on but making sure you come back and deal with the urgent one as it needs to whether it's a work or a home sort of tab my analogy for tabs sort of got a bit weird (laughs)
0: No, it it makes it makes a lot of sense (laughs) to me, at least my brain. But (laughs) no, I and I, I think, um, you know, for me, it's how I deal with that stress and exhaustion and everything Mm -hmm. day out is. Um, a lot of what you said of I try to keep the main thing, the main thing, whatever I'm focusing Mm -hmm. on has as much of my attention as possible. I want to be very intentional about what I'm doing, whether that's answering emails or playing with my son. Like I, if I'm playing with my son, I'm not also on my phone answering emails. I also very intentionally try to appreciate the little baby steps we do, you know, mm-hmm. celebrate the small wins as you go through them. Don't, you know, remember to pause and and look at what you've accomplished because I guarantee mm-hmm. it's more than you think it is before you start looking further on down your to-do list on what you need to do, take a moment to be there. Mm. Um, I also think there's a big thing in understanding the importance of being in a moment versus Mm -hmm. just always doing and going. And if you're tired and you feel like you need a break, it's okay to listen to it. You know, as much as you can, I'm not going to (laughs) say I'm not going to be one of those people. that's going to tell you to sleep while the baby sleeps, but Yep. If you can take a moment, just go sit and watch TV for a moment, read a book, go for a mm-hmm. walk, do something. If, if that works within your day, don't mm-hmm. forget to be indulgent in those moments, you know? If, yeah. If, yeah. Just, just kind of really feel the moment for what it is.
1: I think that's really valid. You know, particularly as parents, we're trying to teach our children to listen to their bodies to understand why they feel grumpy when they're, you know, tired or hungry at the end of the day. And I think there is a lovely thing of modeling when, you know, mommy's tired and showing them this is what tired is and this is how we take care of tired. And, you know, my husband laughs at me, but when I'm having a tired day, I will lie on the floor and let my little guy play around me or on me while I'm having a lie down. And nine times out of 10, he'll join me on the floor too and have a lie down. And I think it's a really kind of animalistic way to illustrate like it is okay to rest. And I think kids pick up on that as much as they pick up on us achieving and us being present in play. I think being present in rest is something really important to show and to let them see. I I think I I was fortunate enough to be raised in a family that like emotions were pretty available. And I really appreciated that. Like I could see when my parents were tired or sad or rarely angry, (laughs) but like, it is helpful to, to demonstrate the full experience of emotion because I think it gives context to your children. And I found the more I can include my little guy in those experiences, the less it feels heavy for me to feel it. Like you can step into, at least I can, this like, oh, we're doing like mummy mode where, you know, in play, but I'm playing, but I'm tired with you (laughs) and we can have a rest and it feels productive. It feels like I'm still engaging with him and playing, but we're playing in a mode I can keep up with and it's feeding my you know, filling my bucket as well. And it's very specific, I guess. But I think that sort of not trying to play hyperactive running around toddler little boy games when I'm just burnt out, but like, okay, you know, you want to run around, that's fine. Mummy's gonna be lying on the floor. And if you want to come join mommy on the floor, we can lie down and have quiet time together. And that that's been really lovely to just see him learn that when his body's tied too. So I do think it's like a lovely thing we can show and not try and hide and not try and fight through. But sometimes just giving in and showing it is a really valuable lesson for, for little people too.
0: Yeah. If if you have self-worth issues and feel like you are not worth the rest, always remember what you're modeling for,
1: for all the little eyes watching you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm going to go slightly on a tangent, but I went through a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy when I was pregnant to deal with some medical phobia that I've had. And one of the pieces that we used a lot in that therapy was like doing it for the service of the baby who's now my my little guy. And it's so much easier to be brave for somebody else. It's really hard to show up and be brave for yourself to, You know stay present in a moment for yourself when you feel anxious particularly if you have like panic and anxiety disorders like I have um it's really hard to stay grounded in your own experiences for you but particularly I think for parents like it's it's kind of weirdly easier to trick your brain into like I'll do it for them even if it's full in service for you but I think that just like little mental switch was a really big difference and now he's four, I still get like a blood test for him. He doesn't care. It has nothing to do with him. But just that weird mental switch can make a really big difference in showing up, doing the hard things, leaning into like, being the parent in a moment when it's not really about being a parent. (laughs) But I think like you said, it's that modeling, it's that showing them like, this is how we be brave. This is how we do things. And it's helped me a lot to do beyond just like medical phobia stuff to be brave and show up for him. And yeah, I don't know. It works for my brain. It may not work for everybody's, but it's definitely been a big switch for me.
0: I think taking that even beyond modeling what we do for our kids and being, being Mm. that parent, there's also a, we are showing up and modeling for our audiences as well Mm -hmm. and for each other. And I know with within our own partnership, yours and mine, there have been times where I have been pushing my limits a little too far. <laughs> and you have very gently come back and nudged me and said, Olivia, you need to slow <laughs> down. You need to stop because you're going to burn out. And mm-hmm. that has been a big, big awakening. So I think we can hold those boundaries um, for the ones we love as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, any, any last minute thoughts on the subject that I can talk about this forever with you.
1: <laughs> I think it's a really, like, it's a valid conversation. I'm really glad we're starting. I know we've shared our, like, little things that are working for us. I don't think either of us claim to be experts in this, but I do think there are so many ways you can work with what you have already and try and, like find small ways to make it easier and I know Olivia knows a lot more about that sort of side of things than I do but I do think even if you aren't in a place to bring in help there are lots of resources out there to just try different strategies try different things and see what makes the mental load lighter see what helps you rest your body even if sleep doesn't come Um, it does sometimes take a lot of trying to find the, the things that work for you But I think when you do find it in one area, you can kind of apply it in others. Like we talked about the like mental, um, like reminders by putting the things visually where you want to do them. That doesn't have to be just for brushing your teeth or taking medicine. Like you can apply that thing. Once you've figured out what works for you, you can really get creative with applying it in other ways. So I, I encourage you to just explore, take the, you know the energy you have to try and find better ways to use the small amount of energy you have in a productive way and and make the stuff you have to do slightly less heavy to carry. Yeah. Any last words on your end?
0: (laughs) Just remember you are doing an amazing job. You are doing, I guarantee you're doing so much more than you think you're doing. Even Mm -hmm. if you already think you're doing a lot, you're doing even more than that. (laughs) Everything you're doing, it's, it's, impacting the world is creating this ripple effect that I don't know that we'll even see the end of it in our lifetimes. So mm. just take a moment to you know, appreciate where you are, celebrate what you've done. And if you need to
1: take a moment to pause and breathe, do that and then we'll get mm-hmm. going. Again. Yeah. Breathe. That's a very good, good last moment. Breathing always helps.
0: <laughs> well, Thank you so much for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and would like to support some fellow mompreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.